When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Hey folks, welcome into a brand new edition of the Winning Plays Podcast. My name is Brian Robb, joined by special guest co-host Ryan Bernardoni. Yet again, uh, Ryan, we are 24, less than 24 hours out from the NBA draft and we'll be back with you guys all week on the Winning Plays Podcast. So if you're listening now, please subscribe, rate us, review us, et cetera, all that good stuff um, as we keep you guys up to date all week long. But the, the, one, the one answer we were supposed to have today, Ryan, uh, heading into the draft was what Gordon Hayward's future or in, at least intentions were uh, with the Celtics. And that is now on hold as first reported by Zach Lowe. Uh, both sides mutually agreeing to push back the $34 million $34 million player option deadline from Tuesday at five back to Thursday at five. So all that flip-flopping we, I think, have done over the last three weeks, it, they just changed it back anyway. But this is uh, obviously raised a lot of eyebrows around the league. Um, but your initial reaction to seeing this move? Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it doesn't seem good um, from, a, from a Celtics perspective. I don't the, I'm just going to mumble here and be like, uh, the, the, well, let's, like, the, let's, I don't let's know. Take it from it, both. What else could it possibly be, right? They're working on a the, trade. And let's start from the Hayward perspective. Like, I, I kind of look at it because there are ridiculous. Like, he wants to go somewhere here, and he thinks the best way for him to get there is to, you know, obviously need the Southern's cooperation and potentially not be on making $34 million next year to do it. Um, i.e. like an extended trade or something like that. So, I mean, that, that probably makes – that's option number. Like, the, the odds of him coming back to Boston now after this type of a move, they're not zero, but – They're zero. You think they're 100% <laughs> zero? I don't know. I mean, nothing is ever 100%. Uh, I, you can't – what is the situation where he would be coming back that hasn't already been resolved? Like, I don't, I don't know what that would be. It seems like, yeah, he – we'll just use Indiana because that seems overwhelmingly the most likely that he wants to go to Indiana team X, but Indiana. whether that be via sign in trade or an extend in trade or an opt in and trade, whatever it might be, the Celtics would have to take money back in that trade if it was Indiana. So are they trying to work out what exactly they would have to take back? It, you know, they, if they're going to lose Hayward, then they're going to, they want to fall far enough down to get the full MLE. They're not going to want to be in the tax at the end. You know, so if he opts in and they trade him through that way and not a sign in trade, they'd have to take a lot of money back and like maybe closes off some of those avenues still. So maybe they are really giving something up in those circumstances, although they would get a big trade exception. If he opts out and it's a sign in trade, they might have to take like there's a lot of things that could be negotiating in there, but it seems like maybe it's all going to come down to like something at the draft or they're waiting to work out some other moves or figure out if, you know, if they can maneuver around some other. I don't really know what exactly they're waiting on. And then 
the other one that's hanging out there is like, it, it seems like he just doesn't want to be in, in Boston. And, and so the other option is that he opts out and then signs in Atlanta. Maybe that's sort of the rumor. And again, maybe that happens via sign and trade and the Celtics have to like pace, you know, give a draft pick or something in order to create a, a trade exception, I guess. But, um, and all those things you can expand out into like gigantic imagination things, whatever. But those, I don't know. Do you have any other, like anything else that comes to mind for you is what could possibly be happening here? Yeah. I mean, to me, it's, it's kind of a steering contest, I think, where potentially between, you know, Hayward's, the noise about Hayward started early and there's obviously some smoke there um, based on how this has gone and like the, the extending the deadline, you know, just, uh, expands that even more. Um, it could be something as simple as, okay, if you're, if you're Hayward here, you're, I think we can say the big deal is not out there for him right now that Hayward, like that, that Horford had last off season. Like if that was out there and he was just happy to go to Atlanta outright, then he would have just opted out and it would have been a done deal. Um, so from that standpoint, it could be waiting until after the draft could clarify okay maybe atlanta has some other things it might want to do that they'll find out about on draft night and then if they aren't there then they'll be ready to commit to hayward it could be something as simple as that and hayward's being okay with that waiting game and then from a Celtics perspective if the you know the option is okay i'm gonna opt out now or yeah maybe i'll opt in if you give me till thursday then they have no reason not to give him till thursday to do it um but i do think there is a possibility that you know the maybe Atlanta trades for a veteran under half night and their cap, you know, room dissipates. And then Hayward is left where, okay, now I have to opt in and, or, and I don't really have any leverage anymore for the Celtics um, in terms of forcing away in a signing trade. Uh, Yeah, maybe, (laughs) I guess. I mean, anything is possible. There's that would take a lot of money to come off the books for some other, you know, for Atlanta or some other team to make it so it's like they can't sign him for what I think would be a reasonable signing. I, I don't really so know. So what do they have right now? 45? 45, somewhere around there. So I mean, it always could... depends on moves here and there. But, like, part of it, it, like, one of the things that I've been been thinking about and sort of on is that it would make sense for some of these teams, at least, to try to do this as an extended trade. So add two years because you can drop way down in salary for an extended trade. So like you could basically, if you wanted to sign it for, you know, three years, 75 million, instead of doing, you know, 25, 25, 25 or whatever with the raises, like eat 34 of it in the first year and then drop it down to, to smaller numbers in, in the out years when you have other concerns that you're going to have to have to deal with. And so like, there's some value in doing it that way. That would be good for maybe everybody involved which that would go away if they did some other moves and didn't have enough cap space for it. But like, are they really going to drop? Like, who are they going to spend 20 something million on and then not have enough for, for Hayward? I don't know. Like it's again, anything is, is possible here in the way these things work out. Well, yeah. I mean, it'd be, it'd be something where they need the sign and trade to do it properly. Yeah. Maybe, as opposed but, to just the outright. And there's other, you know, there's other, I think the Celtics would do it. Like they would have to have yeah, really the no, Celtics could do it they would sure. take back just to make the TPE. They might, you know, they would take, unless it was like, oh, you have to take back all of Dwayne Dedman or something, and maybe they wouldn't want to do that. But I don't know. It, it certainly seems like very, very likely that he's on his way out, that it's, the Celtics are probably not getting a whole lot back in return. Um, you know, maybe 
trade exceptions or flexibility, if nothing else, and maybe that will turn into something down the line as we've seen in other times. But um, like the idea that, oh, maybe they're going to, you know, get whatever, Miles Turner or some other good, good pieces out of it. That, that just seems to diminish as it's like, that hasn't happened yet. So what are they waiting for? And uh, I don't, it's, yeah, it's not, not a great situation for the Celtics. Um, and it's one that we've been talking about and I've been concerned about for a while as like, this was obviously not a done deal that he was just going to opt in and come back or that the fanciful idea, I suppose at this point, you know, that he would opt out and re-sign longer term, but you know, lesser money. Now two years in a row, we've learned that that doesn't actually happen. Players don't really do that. Um, so it's all, I don't know, maybe who knows, 48 hours from now, we could be looking back and up being like, oh, it all worked out perfectly. But, uh, at the moment it seems a little, seems not great. Yeah. And this is, I mean, the Horford situation is ex- more explained, you know, about last year of like why he left. Um, this is a situation assuming again, he, he wants out where it's like, okay, he's, you want to leave. And there could be a number of reasons on this front, whether it's just him not wanting to be a fourth option or, you know, family reasons or just, you know, bad, you know, wanting to get a fresh start after just a really rough three years in Boston as a whole um, for him. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Many mean tweets. Right. Uh, But yeah, it's it's, like, it's not great. But it's a troubling pattern at this point. And you can justify each individual one but Al Horford left and and I was there saying like I you know I wouldn't want to sign him to that contract whatever but he did leave and he left in a way that the team wasn't wild about how it went down Kyrie Irving left after saying that he wanted to come back and like let's be honest if the Celtics would have done what it takes to get him teamed up with Kevin Durant in Boston like if they wanted to team up together in Boston right. the Celtics would have found a way to make it happen absolutely um, and he didn't it's, so it's not just that he wanted to go and play with KD. Like he wanted to leave Boston and go to another team. Um, and they pivoted out as well as they could have, right? Uh, you know, they did what they could to, to recover from that. But a, a player didn't want to be here. Gordon Hayward can come up with all the reasons why he might not want to be here, but appears to not want to be here. Um, and and maybe that it's as simple as that there are other justifications for all of it. But like, it's something to monitor, right? Is it something to do with the way the Celtics operate? Is it something to do with Brad Stevens? Is it some, whatever it might be? Um, and you can't like just ignore it and assume that it's nothing forever because it might be something. It might be a real concern. And like that opens up to, and we don't have to have this conversation tonight, but like a, a much larger conversation about some, you know, what I was talking about a lot in the preseason before things really ramped up about like player empowerment and how you, appease your young star players so that they don't ever want to leave um and what you know sort of what's happening across the league right now with chris paul devin booker teaming up together uh, and you know Giannis exerting his power to have a have his team trade you know an upgrade from from bledsoe to, to drew holiday but giving up three draft picks three unprotected picks and two swaps and all that like you know this is something to to keep in mind, you, you want to be the team that's taking players away, not giving them back out in, into the market. Um, and, and it's just, it's very hard to paint it as like a positive to be like, yeah, all these players who we signed for max contracts oh, no, and I gave mean, up assets for have all decided they wanted to leave. Yeah. I mean, that, <laughs> I can't see anyone like painting that as a, 
Like, even if you have the Rosie's glasses on, that's not a positive. Like, I can find them for you in my mentions. Right <laughs> this second, of all the people who are like, no, it was, it was good that Kyrie and Al left, and Gordon is just a situation where we don't want to pay him anyway, and so it's fine. And it's like, again, mm, like, this you, is... you can justify these things independently, but at what point does it become a trend and not just three independent you know, circumstances that happen? And, and the problem is that if you find out that it was a trend, is that because it is Kemba and then Jason Tatum? Is it just Jason Tatum, right? Like you, you can't just like toss it aside and be like, ah, that, that won't happen for anybody else. Like it's, it's because Tatum was too good. He, he overshadowed everybody and that's why they're all leaving. It's like, okay, but I don't know if that's really true considering that, you know, Kyrie went to go and play with Kevin Durant and now they're trying to get James Harden. And I, I don't know. Like I said, I, you can't I, like, say that it's definitely a problem, but it's... Yeah, like, I, 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 I see where you're coming from. I tend to lean... I mean, Kyrie is the, the wild card situation that feels like it deserves its own category. Um, I focus less on the organization for something like that, given his track record um, as a player in the league right now. And we've um, talked about it before, though. Like, part of being a major organization with star players is, like dealing with weird personalities and catering to certain superstar players, particularly if you traded for them as the centerpiece of an idea for attracting other superstars. Like, yeah, he's, I agree that he's a sort of an, you know, an odd cat who didn't fit it quite where they were going and all these strange things happened. But like, again, I don't, I don't want to just dismiss it out of hand as like, yeah, it was, it was because of him, not because of us. Like, no, know. <laughs> um, for sure. And that's, and yeah, like you, they obviously didn't execute as well as they would have in those situations, whether it's, you know, Horford had a reason to leave, like things went terrible at the end of that last season and the Celtics did not have an immediate contingency plan in place at that point, which is gave him, you know, whatever added incentive he needed to leave. So that's clearly not good. And then now with Gordon, especially with you'd think the Brad Stevens connection here with that and how I think, you know, the team has pretty much gone to bat for him as much as possible over these few years. Um, and to, to have it leave off like this. And, and we'll see how it plays out here. Again, him, his camp working together with the Celtics to guarantee them some kind of return. Like, I guess, you know, doesn't take away the bad vibes from him just walking away, but would, you know, potentially soothe of like the, serious long-term concerns if it's just a matter of him being like hey i thought i was going to be the number one or number two on this team and now i'm lucky if i'm number three um so he can go be trey young's number number two. yeah exactly but that, yeah, you're right. that, that that's that, that's the counter like if you're going to atlanta then it's like okay what, what's going on here yeah or that so that's, that's where that's where i'm with you in terms of like that that's a red flag and that seems to like it really does seem to be just be a leverage play because again, if he wanted to go to Atlanta, then he would have just opted out on schedule. And the the rumors today wouldn't be that he's interested in Atlanta; it's that he's come to terms with Atlanta and that he's going to sign in a couple of days, right? Like, right. Um, so there's, it you know, it seems like it's a like it's a leverage thing, and that he wants to move his family back home to Indiana, and you can understand that. Um, and again, like you can come up with explanations for for all these. Uh, players and, and maybe it's just three things and they don't have any sort of connection and I, and I really like I don't mean to say that it's like this is code red there's alarms going off because I think Jason Tatum's a you know 
going to want to be out of here in three years. It's just like, you know, it's something <laughs> something to keep in mind, like if this happens again with Kemba Walker or other things. So I don't know. NFL football continues on this week, which has a few surprise teams at the top of the standings. And you might not be able to be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. No matter how the schedules change or players that play, Bet Online is going that extra mile to make sure you can get in on every game this season with the fastest updated odds in the industry. There are always more options to wager than anywhere else online. So head on over to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great midseason bonuses, offers, and contests. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And now back to the show. Let's talk about just like the Hawks, like in terms of how this is going to play out right now. Because so the Hawks have $44 million. Um, so they have obviously plenty of room. Let's say they're going to sign Hayward for what, $375, $495, something in that range, I think would be enough to get them to opt out. Um, yeah, so that's right. If it's three, he should opt in, extend and trade. Right. Because that puts the most money into the first year and backloads it for Atlanta. Like from Atlanta's perspective, that's how they should want to do it. Now you can get into all the stuff that we talked about with escrow and all that. And it's 20% escrow this year. It might be 10% in the future. And that costs them some, whatever. But like from Atlanta and Boston's perspective, they should want him to opt in, sign a two year. You can only sign two more years as part of an extended trade. Mm-hmm. Extended trades don't happen often. Iguodala just moved to the, to the heat right. on one of them, but like opt in, sign an extended trade for lower dollars in years two and three, create the biggest possible trade exception for, uh, for the Celtics. Now, again, if, if the Hawks have other things that they want to do with their cap space, then that might not be the way that they want to go, right? If they have somebody else they want to sign for 15 million and you need more than 10 million in cap space, all that, you can go through, through all those different things. But like, that's just sort of in a vacuum, not knowing those other things would be a, a good way to do it. And I this is where three years it have to be a signing trade. Right. And this is where I think the like Bogdanovich was probably, I would assume at the top of Atlanta's list as a target um, before he went to the Bucks um, or in a pre-range sign trade um, last night. So flagrantly illegal. Flagrantly illegal. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, illegal. As, as, as illegal as illegal gets, <laughs> like they're not supposed to be talking to free agents until Friday. And now there's a, so that's, I mean, that will be one for all the new tampering provisions in the NBA. That will be an interesting one. To they're see. not going to do a thing. They're not going to do a thing about Nobody's it. Nobody's going to do a then, damn thing right. with this crazy schedule. That's for sure. Um, but so I would think that, I mean, something like that might have boosted Hayward's market a little bit more in, in terms of, okay, if he was plan C or plan D for, for the Hawks, then, okay, he is probably moving up the list. Other names of the Hawks, I think could, again, could conceivably be telling Hayward, Hey, you know, we like you, but we might, we're going to see where the market is with these other guys, like a Joe Harris, um, Gallinari's been linked to Eastern conference teams. Again, I would think he's going to go for a better team, but if he wants his money, it'd have to be a sign trade. Um, that team doesn't get a good team. Like, isn't bad though. That's if, true. I mean, he could be like, so like, hey, like, if they took that 45 million and they split it in half and they gave Hayward, 20 million a year and Gallo, whatever he's going to get. Um, like Trey Young, Kevin Herter, Gordon Hayward, Gallinari, Collins, Capella, uh, Reddish. Like, it's not a terrible team. It's not, I don't know. It's the Eastern Conference. Like, you, yeah, you have to go in there saying we're going to be the seven seed, but like, it's not awful. It's, you know, it's not like they're going to the, some 
dregs of the league. A lot of people thought that the Hawks might be a playoff team last year. Uh, and obviously they weren't, but I don't know. I've always thought it was like reasonable that decent players would go there. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty decent, you know, especially if you get two of them. Account. Yeah. If you get two of them for sure. Then. Them, so from us, if you're the Celtics here, you know, like the getting the big tree exception would obviously be huge in terms of, you know, being able to find that, you know, fill that hole immediately either in free agency this summer or in a mid-season trade. Um, if you're talking to Atlanta, like, are you probing them? Like, on again, you'd have to do a value for someone on their roster if you're going to do a sign trade, but they do, like, do you have any interest in, like, a John Collins to just be like, okay, that's, you know, I'll give you guys, we'll give you guys a, a first for him as part of this deal um, in the sign trade part for Hayward? Oh, so you mean just like expand out the trade and try to like just do something else? Because obviously in the signing trade, they're not going to get anything. Right. Nothing about, they may have to pay to give, they may have to give up a draft. Yeah, exactly. They're not get getting, right. This is just like a separate deal. you're saying like tag on it, like, hey, while we're doing this, we could take back salary that normally we couldn't take back. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, all those things are possible. It's also possible that you just expand it out and then you can take players back from like any other team as well. It doesn't have to be Atlanta, right? You could make a multi-team trade right. and you could go out and grab some other piece for draft, you know, some other draft pick pretty much anywhere right um which would be a reasonable thing to do that's possible the other thing you could do is you could like if you got if you're gonna have to pay atlanta to do it as a sign and trade you could say hey we'll give you the 30th pick but can you also take Cantor or can you also sure, take, you can dump some more money there. you know vince or something like that like you can can add in a bunch of sort of stuff around the fringes to to roll things together um and there'll be no timing on it because if it's a straight sign and trade he has to opt out and then you just sort of you know, put it on the back burner. We see those happen all the time. They'll happen really quickly because the whole off season is going to happen quickly, but like they can sit on it for a couple of days while, while both teams work out other, other things that they might want to spin into it. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. The John Collins and I'm not super high on that. You'd have to pay him. He's a, he's a restricted agent at the end right. of the year, right? And like you get him for a year, but I don't know if you'd want to pay that much to get him. It'd just be like getting guaranteeing something, something but like, right. Yeah. You could, if you could, expand this to any other team around the league or just yeah. and try to land someone different in the, and with a trade exception, well, you create the TPE and then you, you create, create the TPE money, yeah. and you can use different portions of the TPE, right? Yeah. It's like, it's yeah. like you can bring in a $10 million guy, then you have $24 million left and it just expires after a year, essentially. Yeah. So. You can't, you can't combine it with anything else, but you can divide it up as many into as many pieces as you want. Right. I don't actually know the, the expiration schedule right now. I don't know if it's going to be a calendar year from now or, there's maybe an adjustment to it, but be, whatever. Yeah, like I assume it'll be whenever this portion of the league calendar is next year. Yeah, I, I would guess that's the case. It wouldn't wouldn't roll all the way into into November, but I, I don't actually know. I'd have to go look at the, the schedule. Um, but yeah, you can divide it up. All right, so you're the Celtics front office now. You're you have this, you know, some kind of deal probably on the back burner for later in the week with Hayward, depending on how the dust settles on draft night. What do you do? Your priorities change at all on draft night now in terms of, you know, using the picks to formulate a deal for a veteran that you can maybe circle in to as a three teamer, as part of this deal down the line, or are you saying, Hey, this is, you know, we need to maybe just, find that blue chip young guy to be on the same timeline as Jalen and, and Tatum. 
and kind yeah. of go in that direction. I think it would be, so I don't know, uh, I think it was Himmelsbach just uh, tweeted out shortly before we started recording that like, you know, it continues to be quiet on the trade up front. Um, so assuming that that's out of the possibilities right now, like if you can trade 26 and 30, something along those lines, or, you know, one of them for, for veteran help, then totally fine. Uh, you have to get a decent, you know, decently good player to trade 14, I think, just because exactly, you know, what you said, like, we don't really know what Romeo Langford is going to be, um, particularly with starting another year where he's not going to be healthy at the beginning of this year either because it's starting so quickly. Like, um, I think they would be better served to like use that 14th pick and, and try to continue to build a, a base of talent that they can um, start to develop around, you know, Tatum and, and his next contract timeline and all that. Uh, but the 20th, you know, 26 and 30, by all means, if you can, can find a veteran for, for one or both of those, and that's not like completely crazy, you know, Dennis Schroeder just moved for, for something like that. You even have, if, if they were to move uh, Hayward, some of those players and it would really become possibilities as well. Who just went to Oklahoma city, like Danny green. Which, yeah. You know, Danny green's got yeah. one more year. He's $15 million. They just got him. Like, can you get him for the 30th pick? I think so. Absolutely. I think you get him for, you know, he's probably worth a couple of seconds. The 30th pick is basically that, you know, um, so, you know, could you, could you get Danny Green? Could you get uh, who else is, is moving in all, in all their trades? Is there Kelly Oubre? Same, Oubre's right? there. You, don't, uh, you won't want Rubio. Ricky Rubio. Don't um, want, but like, but like a, George, or, a George Hill even. Yeah, totally. Uh, down New Orleans. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, even Eric Bledsoe, but I don't think that one makes much sense Yeah, <laughs> with the years. Um, but, yeah, any of those three guys, like just building into those other trades and, and using one of your late firsts would make perfect sense. Uh, they would all fit. Everybody needs wings. The Celtics need a backup point guard. George Hill can play backup point guard and can shoot. Like those are all sound really good um, and would give you a way to pivot out. Now they don't have any real long run on those contracts beyond this year. You get their bird rights. Maybe you can, you do something with that. So it's not the sort of ideal stuff that we were talking about before with, Hayward Hill does have two years left. Got a couple of years, but does he? He does. So that's good. I mean, like that would be a completely reasonable thing, right? They don't, yeah. if they don't want them, maybe they may want them, but yeah, if you could trade the 30th pick as part of some bigger Gordon Hayward thing and just basically buy George Hill for two years, that resolves some of the problems that the team had last year with spot-up shooting and backup guard play. So, um, But yeah, you can go around the entire league and find those guys, right? Like there's, there's no shortage of guys around that price, uh, you know, both in terms of contract and in terms of, of draft pick that they, could, that they haven't really gone out and bought in the last couple of years at the trade deadline. And maybe they've gotten, gotten clipped for that, that uh, maybe you – you do roll into a, a bigger move here. Um, it's also like the condensed schedule. If you can get guys in ahead of time and just have them on the team, even for right. a little brief training camp you have, like there's probably some advantage in doing that, you know, just getting it over with now. Also, it means you can rest guys more throughout the beginning of the season, not waiting until the trade deadline to, to pick guys up in, in the early part of the season uh, with Kemba's questionable knee and Romeo's injury and everything else. Like, yeah, it would be, prudent to go and try to do something like that i've heard that mid-season trades like you might not get a player for weeks from like when you were talking yeah, about COVID protocols stuff. covid protocols so that would be well i mean the teams are playing each other though right so i mean interacting I, with each other that's a good point but, but the nfl is it's like significant usually like they they they've been making him wait like they acquired a player week eight and a lot of them like week 10 yeah i mean this year they might not I mean, be playing not be a season, this like, season i mean right there's gonna be a start of a season i imagine but like even that's 
over a month away and like god knows what the state of the country will be a month from now and it's like i don't know it it would like i said it would seem to make sense to try to pick up a player like that now uh assuming that they aren't able to trade these three picks and move up into the top 10 or something then what do you they don't need three rookies we all know that so yeah use it to go out and get somebody who's helpful all right well let's leave it there um there's obviously positive yeah (laughs) very rosy outlook on the Celtics situation heading into um, the full offseason week. And to be honest, I mean, this isn't a huge surprise based on where the buzz was weeks ago, like the no. where that was coming from. That's not coming from nowhere. Um, so that is – it's kind of playing out, and now we see um, both sides are eventually going to play their cards here, and we'll see how much – this has been posturing from Hayward's side and or if he's um lined up to go no matter what to anywhere just to get out of boston so um stay tuned for that ryan and i will be back uh later this week to break down what happened on draft night and um i'm sure by friday midday half of the free agency signings will be known um <laughs> based on the the level of tampering that's gone on in recent years so uh, we might be able to react early. We'll see how it goes to that. But um, in the meantime, follow Ryan at DangerCart on Twitter. Uh, hit us up at Winning Place Pod. I'm at Brian T. Rob, and um, we'll catch you guys later in the week. <laughs>